This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. But I want to continue um, in the few minutes that I have in the in the in the in the same um, frequency as Brother Robert uh, talk about an aspect of the courts of heaven that I that that God wants to institute today. Um, because there's a, there's a prophetic thing that we need to do at the end of the teaching together as a body of Christ. One of the things that Robert said yesterday that we are the ecclesia, we are the council, we are the ecclesia so we can become the council of the Lord in the land to begin to shift some things. You know, I know God has given us a new Zimbabwe, but how many know that she's, she's still coming through the Beth Canal? Come on now. Amen. You may have seen the head, but you, any midwife will tell you, keep pushing. Because the whole thing must come through. The, cha- the challenge with the body of Christ is we see the head of the baby coming through, and we think that just because we've seen the head of the baby coming through the bed canal, we have been fully delivered. So I want you to tell you that the new Zimbabwe is coming through the bed canal, and we can see it. That's why God is giving us hope. Amen? That that we are going to go to a whole new place. I know that uh, today, uh, I know, you know, Pastor Brani was talking about currency, and when she got to Zimbabwe, you have no currency, but can I submit to you that's about to change. Amen. I'm telling you, the currency of Zimbabwe is going to come back, and it's going to be stronger than the rand. I want to talk to you about a, a message that has become, I, uh, I, I, I first preached this message last year in October uh, when Robert Henderson and I were doing an, uh, an operating from the Courts of Heaven conference in, in, in Arizona at our church. And um, when he heard me teach it, he was so very impressed by it that he called the uh, president and CEO of um, Destiny Image Publishers. And uh, as a result of that, they, they put the book, the message on a contract, and it became a book that's going to come, come out in January. Uh, but I just felt today God was talking to me about taking pieces of that and releasing it. I'm going to do it in two, in two parts. Part one, now, and then tomorrow morning, I'm going to show you how to move in the courts of heaven from being a plaintiff to becoming a judge in the courts of heaven. How many know God is looking for judges in the land? Are you catch what I'm saying? Amen. This is the God is opening up the whole entire understanding of the of the judicial system of the kingdom of God. I believe that revelations have dispensations because of the work of God that must be done in those dispensations. That without that revelation, you cannot connect the dots. And I believe that this revelation on the on the judicial side of the government of God is becoming important because there's some things that God wants to do in your life, in my life, and in the nation in the, in the nations. It cannot be done without, without these insights. So I want to talk to you about, write it down, issuing divine restraining orders from the courts of heaven. Issuing divine restraining orders from the courts of heaven. So what I'm going to try to do is try to bring you into an understanding of divine restraining orders. And I'm sure uh, many of you, how many have ever heard, about, how many have ever heard of, divine, of restraining orders? Anybody know what a restraining order is? 
Some of you, it was put on you, so don't tell us who you are. Amen. But uh, there are very important constructs of any judicial system anywhere in the world is a thing called restraining orders. But what I want to take it, what I want to talk about is the divine restraining orders. But I'll use the natural template and then reflect it up to take it a little bit, a, 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 little, a little bit up into divine restraining orders. Because the Lord showed me four divine restraining orders that he says these orders must be applied, must be applied. Three uh, concern the nation of Zimbabwe. One concerns the continent of Africa. So we're gonna to, to, we are going to apply two of them today. And then tomorrow we are going to apply two more. Amen? Amen? And these are not wishful exercises. We are ruling in the spirit. Amen? So I want you to... Uh, 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 to turn in your Bibles very quickly, um, I believe I gave the media team my, the, my sequence of scriptures. I'd like to see them up there, but I'm going to begin with Matthew 16, verse 18 to 19. I also said to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the case of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth. Okay, that means whatever you restrain, whatever you bind on earth will be restrained or bound in heaven. So this is a judicial statement that comes up and Robert touched it. He didn't even know I was going to be dealing with it when he, at the end of his teaching. This is a judicial statement. You know, uh, talking about the binding, binding you to a contract or, bind, or, or the dissolving of a contract. Okay, Jesus said, I will give you. So one of the keys of the kingdom has to do with restraining orders. I will give you the power to whatever you bind on earth shall be what? Bound in heaven. Remember the man of God has called us to labor under the burden of this theme as it is in heaven. Amen. So I'm going to teach you, or hopefully between teach you, give a little some, some understanding and, uh, and on how we can apply this divine restraining orders from the courts of heaven so we can begin to see the kingdom of God move to a whole new level. Amen. Now we begin to go, First uh, Kings 13, verse 7 to 10. There's an interesting story there that I want to read, and I want to read because it shows you. As a matter of fact, when I was doing a study for, uh, when I was working on this book on issuing divine restraining orders from the courts of heaven, I just, God showed me, I discovered 14 different types of restraining orders that are in the Bible. And we're not going to go into all of them. Um, we might touch one or two or three by four between today and tomorrow, but they're going to be sufficient enough to be able to give you something to work with in, in your life. Amen? But I believe that some of you, some of you that you are here in, in action because God wants to do something. He wants to give you a reprieve from the warfare that you have been going through so that you can get your act together. Amen? First Kings 13, verse 7 to 10. Uh, look at this. Then the king said to the man of God, we don't know the man of God who is. The man of God, anytime in the Bible, that we are not given the name of the of, of, the, uh, of a person is because the principle around them is more important than the name. So God doesn't want us to think the name, that whatever is being released is connected to that one name. 
So this has, that whenever I see these kind of stories, I know whatever principle I extrapolate has what, has what intercontinental, uh, what implications. That means whatever is being released is going to affect people in multi-generations. So we don't know who the man of God is. We just know this story. Then the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself and I'll give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, watch this now, if you are to give me half of your house, I will not go in with you, now will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. But here's why. For so it was commanded by, by the word of the Lord, saying, you shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor even return by the same way you came. So he, when he went, he, so he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Very interesting. The man, the, when the, the man of God says, the king invites him to go and eat, and he refuses not, because, not, not out of rudeness, but because he, he tells him, I'm under a, a restraining order on my life. I'm under a restraining order on my life that is governing my calling. By the way, my calling, I cannot go to your house because God gave put put upon me a divine restraining order. You're going to notice very quickly, at any time you see a divine restraining order, you are always dealing with the judicial side of government because only the judicial system can release a restraining order in any society. So this, this what tells us, tells us that this prophet, remember, why was he he's there? He was sent as a prophetic officer of the court of heaven because he brought the judgment of God against the altars that were the, the, the altars in the high places. If you read the whole story, he was there to prophesy the judgment of God against the altar because of all the bear worship that was going on in the land. But when the king invites him, he says, I cannot do it because there's a, why? There is a divine restraining order. There's a restraining order on my life. And, the, and he even describes the kind of restraining order that was on him. What God had restrained him. And because restraining orders, even natural restraining orders, are very specific to what they are restraining. Are you catch what I'm saying? Every restraining order is not ambiguous because you, we, the, the judge cannot just sign off on it. Before a judge signs off on a restraining order, the activity has to be specific. He has to know what he's signing on. And so this guy says, I can, I can eat bread, I cannot, I, and then I can't even return the same way I came into the city. Now, what the, the, the most interesting thing to, about this story, the tragic thing about the story, is that the man dies by violating the same restraining order. Because when the king tells him, uh, when the king tempts him to violate the, the, the divine restraining order on his life, he, he, he resists the temptation and, and he moves on. He goes in a different direction. But the enemy comes after that restraining order. Can I submit to you that when there's, a, there's a, when there's a divine restraining order on your life, the enemy will always be coming after it. Why? Because when God puts up upon your life a divine restraining order, especially over your calling, it means that for provided you adhere to the divine restraining order on your calling, you are untouchable. 
You see, this young man was untouchable. When the king tried to strike him, the king, why? When the king tried to strike him, his hand froze into, froze in the air. Why? There was so much protection on this, you know what, nameless man of God. Why? Because he was under this divine restraint. Provided he stayed under the divine restraint order. No demonic powers in that city could touch him. But yet what happened as he's going this other way, an old prophet, you know the story? An old prophet hears about how God used this man. And, and he was not old in terms of age. He was old in revelation. It means God had not been talking to this man. You have to be very careful of people who say, you know, God used to use me too. When people tell me that I'm running away because I'm wondering what's happening with you and God now. See, so he was an old prophet, not by age, but by revelation. God had cut him off from talking to him. You see, the way God fires any prophet, he stops talking to them. So he was not, God, that means God was not talking to this man. But he goes to this young man, and you know the story. It's a very tragic story. He goes to the young man and tells him, oh, I'm also a prophet of God. And an angel has appeared to me. He lied. And said, you come home and eat bread. Eat what? Bread and drink, every, I notice, if you look at the, what, what the old prophet was asking the young man to do, they, uh, very interesting, the old prophet, when he comes and lies in, lies in the name of the Lord, that an angel has appeared to me, which tells us something, that when God has put a divine restraining order on your calling, not even an angel can break it. Because restraining orders are connected to the ones who enlist it. So, the, he says, you know what, come home. Very interesting, when the old prophet tells him, come home and eat, he tells him to eat everything that was against his restraining order. And he comes home, you know the story, he came home into the house. <laughs> this, this is the most weird story in the Bible, you know. The man that deceived him would now become the man that actually prophesies his death. I don't know what kind of character this young man had, but if I was this man, I said, God, if I'm going to die, I'm going to kill the old prophet with me too. I'll be so upset. While the young man is eating, the word of the Lord comes to the old prophet who has not heard from God. He feels the anointing. And he begins to prophesy that because you did not keep the word of the Lord, when he told you what not to come under, God says, you'll not live today. You'll not live the city alive. And when he was going, when he was going, and a lion showed up. Killed him, did not, did not. And, and then the proud prophet killed him right, right in the street, didn't even eat him. Because the animal, the, the lion was sent to destroy him, which, is, which could be a, a symbol of the enemy. That there are certain divine restraining orders that when God is putting you under them, it's not because he doesn't want, he, do, he wants to spoil your fun. Some of you, your callings are so high callings, you cannot do what everybody else does. And God said to me, that he said to me, there's a lot of people who are in warfare right now as I'm speaking because you violated a divine restraining order. You are trying to be like every other person in Zimbabwe. Well, these other prophets, they are prospering by selling water bottles, but you cannot. I carry the, the, the testimony of Melchizedek. I can't tell, I can sell water no matter how holy it is. Are you catch what I'm saying? So many gimmicks are happening in Africa. And I'm, are you catch what I'm saying? And, so, and in a desire. So God said to me, uh, thought to me, uh, 
talk about this issue because I am, there are some people in the meeting that I'm very grieved with because they know what I told them not to do and that's what they are doing. And they still want a breakthrough. He said to me, go and teach them about restraining orders and how they work. So when God puts a restraining order upon your life, it's not because he's trying to spoil your fun. He's telling you the restraining order is your protection from the devourer. Amen? Your protection from the devourer. So I'm going to just give you, I'm, gonna, I'm going to now begin to give you a little bit of an understanding of how divine restraining orders work. You know, as a legal definition, as a legal matter, a restraining order is also known as a protective order in most in most earthly judicial systems. A legal, a legal definition of a restraining order as per the world we live in is as follows. Maybe you want to write it down. This is just a legal definition. Anybody who's been through law school probably already understands what I'm about to talk about. But just write it down because we're going to take it to another, another dimension. Amen? So in, in the natural realm, here's, what, here's, the, here's the definition of a restraining order. A restraining order or protective order is an order issued by the court to protect a person, a business, a company, an establishment, or an entity of the general public in a situation involving an alleged domestic violence, harassment, stalking, or sexual assault, or even the potential loss of intellectual property. So, now this, this definition of a restraining order is intercontinental. That means it's really the, the most universally accepted uh, definition of a restraining order in, all, in every law school, even in Zimbabwe and different places. I mean, there might be slight variations depending on uh, what country you are under, but they're going to be very minor, you know. And in almost every judicial systems, divine restraining orders uh, cover that type of territory. That's why you see sometimes in the newspapers, like recently, I, I know there was a time when there was a, an intellect, there was a, a patent and intellectual dispute between Apple and Samsung concerning some issues of software that, they, that, that, that a judge in New York had to put a restraining order on Samsung from selling in Samsungs until the issue with Apple was resolved. Are you guys what I'm saying? Now, that's the natural realm. Amen? That if, not, if, that if restraining orders have a place in natural realms, do they have a place in the realm of the spirit? Do they have a role that we can, you know, can they become part of the arsenal of God in our lives? Can we use them? Okay. And if we use them, how do we use them? That's what I want to get to today because we are going to apply to one is on the nation and one is going to be over the continent of Africa. Amen? And we're going to do it together. Amen? Chantron is in the neighbor. Court is in session. Amen? You know, <laughs> you know, you know uh, like I said, that, that because, see, the reason why restraining orders in, are known as protective orders in, uh, in, in, is because they are clearly awarded by judges or by the court in order uh, to protect a person or an entity from suffering irreparable damage until a, maybe a matter can be resolved. You know, that's why they are, they are, they are, they are importantly uh, list like that. Now, before I go, even, uh, I, before I go into, into discussing divine restraining orders, there's one question I want to ask 
and then answer it myself. What is the relationship between judges and restraining orders? What, that's why tomorrow I want to teach you how to move from plaintiff to judges. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen? Because not everybody can, can apply a restraining order. As a matter of fact, in a, in a judicial system, the only one who can apply a restraining order is a judge. Amen? Thank, thank, thankfully, the Lord, our, our Heavenly Father and Jesus are both judges. Amen? So we, you, you can still get it, but, but I believe that we can also give God such a lifestyle that God moves us in, uh, in the courts of heaven from just being plaintiff to becoming judges where God can use us in our region to begin to be the ones that release these restraining orders so that the kingdom of God can advance where it could not advance before. Amen? So what is the relationship between judges and restraining orders? Deuteronomy 16 verse 18 God says, you shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates. So notice that the, the, the Bible makes a difference between judges and officers. Um, even though they are both in a judicial branch, like an officer at the belly, those, those are officers of the court, but they're not judges. You shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates, which the Lord your God gives to you according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. This is natural Israel. Now, natural Israel is a foreshadowing of the church. Paul says, why do you fight among one another? Don't you know that, don't you have judges? He says in first verse, don't you have judges among you? He says, why are you going to the world? Don't you have judges among you? Don't you have the wise who can judge among you? Don't you know you, you're going to be able to judge angels? Now, watch this now. You know, so a judge in a court of law is the only person who can impose a restraining or protective order over an entity or an individual. This means that restraining orders fall under the judicial branch of any government. Now, how many of, how many of you know that, that, that God's kingdom is an actual government? Do you believe that? God's kingdom is an actual government. It's a very real government with a country. Now, without a doubt, there is no spiritual or natural government that can survive without a proper judicial system. Without a, what? a judicial system. Notice every other African country that's in trouble is because the judicial system has, has been totally corrupted or just fallen down. If you're going to build a new Zimbabwe, then we have to pray for God to raise, a, raise what? An independent judiciary in Zimbabwe. Otherwise, the nation will never, know, will never know the rule of law. and You can never really go, to, you can never really go where, where the country needs to go if you, don't, if you don't pray for God to raise for what? An independency, an independent what, judiciary system in Zimbabwe, which is really the biggest problem with most African countries. There's a very, you know, it's, it's the lack of the, an independent judiciary that is the problem. Now, I'm going to go into divine restraining orders. Put Judges 13 verse 5. Let's now define a divine restraining order. We're going to define a divine restraining order, but look at this. Look at the Judges 13 verse 5. How many know the story of Samson? Anybody know the story of Samson? Seen the movies on Samson? I love the guy. <laughs> Judges 13 verse 5. This is God talking about Samson. Uh, For behold, you shall conceive and, conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God 
from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So, by the, so even before Samson is born, God releases a divine restraining order on the kind of lifestyle, on what the boy can do and not do. One of the things, because as a Nazareth, one of the things he could not do, God said there's a restraining order, a razor could never come upon his hair. So guess what? When the devil knows that there's a divine restraining order on your life, that will become the warfare of your life. Because the devil knows, provided you keep, you become faithful through a restraining order on your life, you are unstoppable, you are unstoppable, and the blessing will still come, will keep coming. So the devil, through the whole life of Samson, if you'd examine the life of Samson, Samson's number one temptation was always over this issue of the hair. That's why the enemy brought Delilah to find out what is keeping you strong. I notice, notice Samson, <laughs> at, at such, at, it, this is very interesting. God, the thing about Samson, God never connected his anointing to his holiness. <laughs> because if God had connected the anointing of Samson to living a holy lifestyle, God help us. You catch what I'm saying? But God had only put a restraining order on the length of his hair that he was going to be a Nazarite. I mean, you know, Samson, he did he didn't, he, he didn't not have the exemplarily godly life you'd like to look at. But yet this guy could deliver Israel at a moment like that. He could overpower thousands of men. But, God's, but the enemy is saying the Delilah spirit. Can I submit to you that there's a Delilah spirit that is coming after men of God all over the world? Because they are breaking restraining orders God gave them when they began the ministry. Because they are trying to be like the next guy. Come on, somebody. You know, because they, amen. Because they see it's working over there. They, let me try it. So Samson, you know what happened to Samson? When he, they cut his hair, the Bible says when he tried to fight again, as at other times, the Bible says he found out that the Spirit of God had left him. Why? Because the, the secret of his supernatural strength was a divine restraining order. It was not even his hair. His hair was a symbol of the restraining order. While which was on his life, it was untouchable. When he, Delilah managed to find the secret of the, and break through the restraining order, the Lord spoke to me when I was praying for the service. He said to me, there's a lot of cases in the courts of heaven that has piled up against many of my people that the enemy is using against them because many of my people have violated divine restraining orders that I put upon their lives. And so the enemy now has legal jurisdiction to say, God, you cannot give her a breakthrough. Why? Because she's doing what the very thing you said she never should, she should never do. And if you are here, just, amen, you just need to repent because this is the action why you get free. Amen? So watch this now. Let me give you now, uh, so let's, let's, uh, let's, Write this one down or just get it on the CD. A divine restraining order or protective order is an order issued by the courts of heaven to protect a person of destiny, business, nation, or kingdom citizens in a situation involving clear and present danger to the preordained purposes of God. I'll say it again. A divine restraining order or protective order is an order issued by the courts of heaven to protect a person of destiny, a business, nation, or kingdom citizens in a situation involving clear and present danger through the preordained purposes of God. 
How many remember when I was here on doing, when we had that prophetic service, November 5th? I told you, I, I think it's in the service, I was looking at it again. There was a place there in the prophetic word when I said, God has placed a divine restraining order on Zimbabwe that is not going to go back to the 2008, the period when the inflation rate was so ridiculous. God instead gave us a new Zimbabwe. But can I tell them about, about restraining orders? Restraining orders are temporary injunctions to allow us to get the time to get our act together. Amen? So while there's a restraining order on, on the nation of Zimbabwe not to go backwards, we can go backwards if we relax. And don't take the nation forward. See, any restraining order in any court is not supposed to last forever. That's the thing about restraining orders. They are all are time sensitive. A divine, by the way, oh, oh, eh, come on somebody, Amen? So if there's a divine restraining order on Zimbabwe to go back into the economic abyss you went through before, then the question that become, can, comes to my mind, how long is that divine restraining order going to hold? That means what it's holding, we as a church cannot be relaxed. We have to be engaged. We have to pray. We have to bring this baby called No Zimbabwe right through the birth canal. Amen. Until the devil can never group again, can never take us back where we have come from. Because if it's up to the devil, he would like to take Zimbabwe backwards again. Amen? And we cannot be relaxed. We cannot expect the politicians to legislate what we must legislate in the realm of the spirit. Amen? We know that, amen, so, that, so that it's very important we understand that. That we rest and we pray for this nation. Amen? Now, very quickly, the, uh, all restraining orders begin with an application to the court which decides the merits of the request by using a traditional litmus test. Now, in the natural, uh, this litmus test is an interesting litmus test. It has got four pillars to it. And let me just talk to the, give you very quickly. Number one, in the natural courts, before they apply a restraining order, they, they generally uh, apply the restraining order against this four litmus test. Number one, whether, whether the moving party will suffer irreparable injury if the relief is not granted. That means, for instance, in Zimbabwe, if God does not give us a restraining order against what the devil is trying to bring upon the land, could it be so bad that the nation may never recover? I believe that's why God applied the restraining order in November, uh, on November in the land because where the enemy wanted to go was to keep... You see, you see, even nations can be given a killer blow and it will take generations to ever come back again. You go to Haiti, it will take generations for Haiti to become a pinnacle nation. So you can heat so bad that it's very to come back. It will take 50 or 100 years before you come back to just where you break even. We don't want that for Zimbabwe. It is time to move forward. It is time for this country to become the Switzerland of Africa. It is time for Zimbabwe to become the basket of Africa. Amen. So watch this now. Number two, whether the moving party is likely to succeed on the merits of the case. Well, I believe Zimbabwe, I, I, believe we, I, be, I believe that we have merits because of the blood of Jesus. We have merits to succeed. Number three, whether the opposing party will be harmed more than the moving party is helped. That's the third litmus judges put against it. I'm teaching you law school 101, okay? In, in, in other words, no judge is going to give you a list. Uh, you can't go to a judge and say, Mr. Judge, yeah, I'm from Chitunguiza. I, I, I mean, my landlord is always on time. He's always pestering me to pay the rent. I've come to ask for a restraining order. 
No judge is going to give you a restraining order against your landlord so you don't pay rent. And you catch what I'm saying? Why? Because that, doesn't, that does more injury to the opposing party than it helps you. Or whether granting the relief is in the public interest. The restraining orders we are, got, we are about to release in a few seconds are, are in the public interest of the nation. Of the nation, then the public interest. Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I, just a couple of days, a, a couple of months ago, I had a woman in my church, a woman, one of our, our members, she came to me, she was just crying in my office. I said, what's up? She said, Pastor, uh, please help me, pray for me. He says, my husband, he left me for this woman. I mean, she is just ridiculous. We, I mean, it's one thing for her to leave me, you know, but, but, but ever since he left me, I've got, with, I've got with two kids. We're going through the divorce process. He has been extremely uh, abusive. He was abusive in the marriage, but it's, it's become 10 times more outside. They come, I mean, and they are using the, she was just in, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, and then she's speaking, the Lord said to me, apply a divine restraining order against the man. And I said, I said, I said, kneel down. And I prayed for her. We applied. I said, I said, I said, we, I applied the divine restraining order on the husband, on his behavior. See, restraining orders can be specific to what you're restraining. Oh, by the way, a restraining order doesn't change what you restrain. It just stops him from working for the time. You got what I'm saying? So when you restrain a demon, it remains a demon. <laughs> the difference is a demon that's not troubling you at least for two years. But in those two years, you have to get your act together because when the restraining order comes, you must be in a different position or the demon can have the upper hand. You catch what I'm saying? Well, we prayed with her. We prayed, we prayed with her. Pastor Tom, I prayed with her. And she came back a week. As she was glowing. She said, what's happening? She said, she said I don't know what happened. I said, I know what happened. She said, he said, he said, he called. He had been refusing to give custody. He was so mean. He says, the day after you applied the restraining order, two days afterwards, he called, and he be, I don't know, he began to say, you know what, uh, it's, 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 let's not fighting over. He says, and then now it's been like six months, he says, she's never heard from him, and, and when, the last time she heard from him, he was polite, and uh, she's going to get custody of the children because we applied the re, a, a divine restraining order. So I know that these things work. Amen? Amen? And for some of you, because now you know about this realm God may now begin to use you in this area because some of you may need one of these. It's a tool of the Spirit. But you must be led, you have to be led by the Lord in that application. We, we are almost there where, where we can apply something because I'm going to let everybody stand up. We want to do some work in the Spirit in a few minutes. Amen. How many are ready to do some work in the Spirit? Amen. Like I said, usually restraining orders are never permanent. They exist because of the, of the need for immediate relief required by the plaintiff. And the need for fast action from the court to prevent any kind of injury. Now, so, so you, know that it, you know that even divine restraining orders then follow the same type of template. And we see them, we see them uh, from scripture. And maybe tomorrow I'll give you different types that I've seen from the Bible. But here's the, here's the thing that I, uh, with, with divine restraining orders. Some Christians make the mistake of thinking a divine restraining order equals it equals complete deliverance. You say, you remember when, uh, uh, when, Paul, when Paul restrained by Jesus. Paul was trying to preach, to preach the gospel. The proconsul was open to the gospel that Silas and Paul were preaching. This man was, he wanted to get the gospel. He was so angry. He was the most leading official in that. If he turns, the entire city turns. But there was a psychic, a witch doctor by the name of by Jesus. 
and he was trying to confuse the what? The proconsul from receiving the gospel and Paul as an officer, as a judge in the court of heaven. You need to understand the court when you see it by the language. Paul looks at the Bajid and he said, you son of iniquity. Okay? And then he applies a restraining order. How do I know it's a restraining order? Because but Jesus is never changed. He's only restrained. He tells him, from you are going to be blind for a season. We don't know how, how, how I mean, man, if I'm by Jesus, I, 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 and when I see again, I'm going to church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We don't know how long, Paul, we don't know how long he was blind. But, he, but, 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 but the, the divine restraining order that Paul released on by Jesus was so powerful, it amazed the proconsul. He had never seen a restraining order that, that, that was that powerful, that quick. A man who was, could see went blind just because an officer of the court of heaven released a divine restraining order. Can I submit to you the days of you being afraid of the Sangomas in your region is over because you are about to control yourself. Somebody ought to give God a shout in this place. Are you catch what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. You know, do you know you, you can elicit divine restraining orders against the altars of devils in your city? Amen. Until nothing works when they are, are you guys, that's what Elijah did to the, to the prophets of Baal. He said, put build an altar, and for six hours, nothing, nothing they did worked. Why? Because there was a restraining order. They couldn't work from those altars. They had been cut off from the source of their power. We are about to enter that tape of power sense. Amen. Watch this now. Last, last, watch this now. This is, uh, give me my last scripture. Judges, uh, John chapter 8, verse 3, to 30, verse, verse 3 to 11. Did Jesus function as a judge? Remember what we said. In, edu, in every judicial system, uh, only judges can apply the, the, the restraining order. So if a restraining order is being applied, then that person must have that, that type of stature in the spirit where they, in the, they are judges in the courts of heaven. Look at this, John chapter 8, verse 3 to, to 11. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought him, uh, brought him a woman caught in adultery. By the way, let's stand up as we read this scripture together because this is the last one. When the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, so they brought her to judgment. So they brought her to judgment to him. Teacher, this woman, or rabbi, this woman, was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law. So this is a judicial proceeding because they are quoting the law. Now Moses in the law commanded us that we should be, she should be stoned. But what do you say? So they brought her to her. What do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something to accuse him. Again, remember what Rob Henderson has been saying. Anytime we had accusing an adversary, an adversary, that's somebody who brings a reading accusation against you in the, in the courtroom context that they might accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not, he, uh, uh, he did, he did not hear. And I used to think, what was he doing? Now I know what the Holy Spirit said. He was writing down the restraining order. <laughs> so watch this. So when they continued to ask him, what, he raised himself up and said, look at how, how he wrote the restraining order. He who is without sin among you, <laughs> let him throw a stone at our first. That's a restraining order. 
because it is, Jesus is restraining anybody who's not sinless from, stinks, from killing her. He says you can stone her only if you are perfect. It was a, it was a restraining order. He was operating as a judge. <laughs> stone her first, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. <laughs> then those who heard it, the restraining order, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the orders even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised up himself and saw no one but the woman, he said to her. Now look at the difference between a restraining order and deliverance. Jesus, as a judge in the courts of heaven, wanted a woman not to mistake the restraining order for deliverance. He says, I only gave you relief so you can get your life together. Woman, where are the accusers in the courtroom situation? Where are your adversaries? He has no, uh, has no one condemned you. That's a judicial language. She said, no one, Lord, has condemned me. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. But here, here's, here's a caveat. Go and sin no more. Sinning no more is the deliverance. Not being stoned is the restraining order. But now you have an act together. So we are going to pray now. We are going to pray together. There are two restraining orders. And I want Pastor Tom, very quickly for one of them, to come on the... Pastor Tom, do you mind coming? When I was in prayer, I'm having him here because one of the restraining orders... Is one, of the, is, a, is one of the fathers, the premier fathers, apostolic fathers in the land. And, I don't, and, I, and you have a bigger stake in Zimbabwe than I do. I come in here because of Pastor Tom coming to Zimbabwe. But I live in America. So there are two things God spoke to me. I will, I will deal with the first one. But I want Pastor Tom to deal with the second one. We're just going to ask God to restrain these activities. Amen? The first one is, God said to me, Release a divine restraining order against the spirit of, prof of false prophecy that is sweeping across the African continent. The second one is the one I want Pastor Tom to lead us in. It's against the spirit of corruption in the government and business marketplace in the New Zimbabwe. Amen. So let's just lift our hands. I'm going to pray and then I'll give Pastor Tom to pray the second one and we are, we are done. But let's just say, Heavenly Father, let's just do this and then, we, then after that, me and him will pray. Just say, say, Heavenly Father, we come as the body of Christ. We stand at the council of heaven. We are officers of the court, washed by the blood of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we are asking for the court of heaven to issue the restraining orders we are asking for, we are asking for in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. We are asking for a, div a divine restraining order We're asking for a divine restraining against a spirit against of, a false prophecy of false prophecy that is sweeping across Africa. Sweeping across Africa. Less it does, Less it does. irreparable damage Terrible. to the African continent and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the divine restraining orders, even over the nation of Zimbabwe. Now you just agree with me as I pray over the first one that I'm going to give Pastor Tom.
to pray for the last one and then we'll be done. Just, just agree with me. Heavenly Father, we stand. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, with my brothers and sisters, we pray against the spirit of false prophecy that is deceiving people from, Niger- from Nigeria to South Africa. We pray, God, that all over the continent, the spirit of false prophecy will begin to shut down. And the spirit of divination that these men and women are using will no longer begin to work for them. That the people who have been held captive by the spirit are going to begin to come alive and realize they have been deceived. That, that, that these men and women are going to begin to lose the crowds of the sons and daughters of God that they have deceived as these men and women realize the spirit of witchcraft that has held them in check has been broken and they will realize this is not God, this is not God in Jesus name we pray that Father in the name of Jesus we are going to begin to say this fa- prophetic fad in Africa be destroyed that there will come a time when we talk about the day we used to see things but be, we used to see things until the day we pray that action and God began to move and sweep the land of the spirit of divination oh God we ask you now release the fear of the Lord all over Africa in Jesus name thanks for listening for more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org